Hello, Ed. Hey, Mike. How you doing? How you doing? Welcome to CarshowNationals.com. Let's roll. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing better. Better. I apologize. I was feeling a little under the weather. Yeah. Um, but I'm feeling a little better now, So, but excuse me if I start coughing and have a fit. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's Christmas Eve day, so hey. Well, yeah, you know, I'm at the shop working right now, you know. Um, we're actually doing some parts for Orange County Choppers um, on one of their, uh, actually two bikes, two show bikes. So I, I have no choice but to be here. Uh, yeah, I know you've been running out there quite a bit lately. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Okay, good, good. Um, well, I guess we wanted to do a podcast for, you know, quite a while here, so we finally get to do one. And, yeah, hopefully uh, we get to do many. Yeah. You want to join my mine and I'll join yours and yeah, have fun. Yeah. You're on my, my favorite person list. <laughs> well... We can start out from uh, how you started in the beginning um, when you started uh, working on cars. Well, okay. Um, how far in the beginning? I, I, uh, I'll give you a, a brief recap. Um, the first thing I ever did, um, you know, ever was paint anyway. Um, I had a, a bicycle when I lived in Queens, and it was all blue, and, you know, it was my first bike and blah, blah, blah. And um, then I found a can of brown spray paint. So I decided to spray paint the whole thing brown. No, it was like a a doo-doo brown, too. It wasn't even like a a fruit beer or not, you know. But I mean, like, the grips, the seat, the handlebars, the chain, the tires, everything was brown. Um, I was smart enough to clean it with, like, a Windex or an alcohol, you know, which I was impressed with myself as I got older when I realized I did that. Yeah. Um, But that was my first thing, and, and it's funny, that day... When I painted that bicycle, um, there were some neighborhood kids that were touching it when it was still tacky, and uh-huh. I got hit by a car that day in, the, in Queens trying to protect the bike. So oh, wow. that was my official, that was my official start to, uh, you know, to painting anyway. Yeah. Did you uh, do anything to the wheels? You know, you're a wheel guy, car customizer. You know. No, no, <laughs> I, I, that particular one, I just painted the whole thing brown. Uh-huh. You know, unfortunately. Uh, getting hit by a car was a good mark for the start of your career, though, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, not a way to start, I guess. <laughs> never forget. You never forget that day. Yeah. So I um, moved on I, from uh, bikes, and then you went to, I know you got a yeah, well, Camaro or I'll, something, I'll, right? Yeah, I'll tell you what. My, um, you know, where, where I grew up, I mean, I moved, I lived in Queens, and I went to live in Ridgewood, New Jersey with my brother for a year. And then uh, my mother bought this house up in Rockland County, and um, you know it was a way bigger house than I ever uh, we ever thought we were going to be in. And um, actually, the guy who had the house before us, his name was Harry Gherkin, and he had like the fastest Corvette in the country or the car in the country for a year or two years. It was uh, you know it was a dragster. Um, I wouldn't even say dragster. It was it was definitely it was more of a street car than a dragster, but it was a split w- window vet. Um, and when we bought the house, there were slicks everywhere. There were trophies all over the house. Um, he was, you know, real famous in that drag racing scene for a while. Uh-huh. And uh, I just joke around that, uh, you know, his spirit, you know, crept into me, you know, and in that garage because that garage is really what got me started because now I had a place to work on things, you know. Yeah. Was it a 63 split window? 
Yeah, uh-huh. well, you know what? I think so. You know, yeah. you know, my memory. I remember it being a split window because I, I think I remember someone mentioning something about it being special. Yeah. But I was the kid at the time, you know. Yeah. Um, I, but I worked. That was one of the first Corvettes I ever worked on. It was a '63 split window. <laughs> yeah, they're they're special, man. Yeah. Um, we've done a couple. You know, that Eric Corvette that came out really nice. Um, but you know, getting back to what you said, I, I actually I had a bunch of friends that had. You know, they had definitely more money than we had, and they would get new cars from their family, and, you know, I didn't have that, so if I wanted something nice, you know, I, I kind of realized quickly that I had to uh, kind of make it myself, you know? Right. So, yeah, that's how I got started, and uh, I remember I had a valve cover leak, and, um, you know, quick story, and it was, uh, you know, the mechanic wanted like $250 to fix it, and I found out the gaskets were $11, so... You know, I went and did it, came out great, and that was kind of the beginning, you know, and, and then I just kept going from there, really, just, I was never afraid to try anything, and I was always good at sticking myself in bad situations that I had to get out of, mm-hmm. so that that was kind of my beginning. Yeah, well, and then you, was that the Camaro, or you got a Camaro later in the, in your... No, that was my Camaro, yeah, that was yeah. a 1970 Camaro. It was um, the black with the gold stripes. Um, it had a uh, four-speed, 373, 350. Uh, it was actually my brother's car. Um, I had a few other cars that, like, family had given me that um, weren't in such great shape. And then finally my brother one day dropped that off to me. And I eventually gave him $1,000 for the car, but he, he likes to forget that part of the story. And <laughs> he always pats himself on the back for getting me started. But it was still a great thing he did for me because... You know, I was so into the car, it kind of kept my focus, um, you know, my focus where it should be. Like, if I didn't have that car, I may not have stuck with it as long as I did, but I kind of fell in love with the car, and, uh, you know, from that point, it was like keeping her alive and making her look better, and, you know, I eventually took the motor out and built the motor, put a new motor in, I built the trans, you know, I did everything I could do, I tried to do in that car. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was kind of one of those guys. I paid for some stuff to get made or fixed, like the transmission. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you should have seen my mother's face when when I was like, oh god, I don't even know how old I was. But she came down to we had a finished basement. It was one of the things she loved about our basement. And I kind of took over the basement, but it had like a bar. There was like these really nice chairs and a couch. And um, my mom comes downstairs and I have a turbo 350 totally ripped apart. Obviously not for that car. That car was a four speed, but you know, I was just amazed. Um, you know, mechanically things came to me a little easier. I would say than you know, probably more than most people, but I had such a fat, you know, like even when I was younger, I was taking apart like toasters and like anything with screws or nuts and bolts or, you yeah. know, my, um, and even at a younger point, my, my grandfather, you know, this is going back now, but, you know, when I would go to my grandfather's house, he just had a box of blocks, and they weren't even, like, like blocks you buy at a store. They were, like, blocks that, you know, like, two-by-fours that the edges were sanded if you were lucky. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, I could really say, like, now that I look back, that was kind of um, – it was good for me because you took something basic, and it made you be creative, where today things are so detailed and finished. You know, like, today is Christmas Eve, and I, and I actually just went to the store and bought some more gifts for my daughter. And uh, I try to push her to do stuff like Legos and stuff so she kind of gets that same experience. But at my shop, it's funny, she was at my shop one day, 
And, uh, you know, a day, obviously, when I'm not doing nothing dirty or whatever, and it was, you know, we were just kind of relaxing, and I was just getting some paperwork done and doing some small stuff, interior stuff. And she started grabbing, like, paint sticks and wood blocks, and she, like, built the house, like, totally on her own. And I was like, wow, that that's kind of, you know, how many kids are into just, you know, building things out of just wood, you know? So Yeah, yeah. That, that's probably what got me started, you know? Like, you know, I think... um I just always had a uh, a creative mind, and then once I got into the car stereo world, um, you know, I, I was detailing cars when I first got started to make money, and I was doing really good, but there was no real freedom there. You were just cleaning cars, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, once I realized I could build a custom box or I could build this or build that, that, like, reignited a, a passion in me that, um, you know, that that's really where it really started because, you know, like my first stereo system that I did, I did 312s. I you know, I built out the whole trunk. You know, it probably looks like someone that did it for five or six years. You know, it looked really professional. Uh-huh. And I was I was hooked, you know. So I had the, the past experience of the hot riding and the motors and, and doing like we would swap motors from one car to the other in a night and be driving them that night. You know, like that's how we were, like me and my friend Dave or my buddy Mike. There was a handful of us. Yeah. And uh, it was it was just a great time, you know. Well, I kind of got in trouble in school. You know, I took apart the typewriter instead of you know, <laughs> working on the typewriter. You know, I took it apart. Got got in trouble for that's, that. But <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm more a body guy. I kind of went. That's what I went to school for. I went to school for auto body. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I did too. I went to Hudson Valley Community College up in Troy. You know, uh, I got a two-year degree. We did, you know, framework and paint and collision and. Uh, yeah. The first year was mechanics. Um, really, really cool teacher. This guy named Mr. Smith. Um, you know, he was my pain teacher. And there was some teachers up there. There was one particular guy I didn't really get along with that well. And he kind of knocked the idea of having my own business. And, uh-huh. you know, he was one of those guys that was very negative. Um, and it turns out I had said something stupid about drugs being big in the auto body world. And, unfortunately, this particular guy had an issue with drugs and lost his business and blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. Um, well, my teacher, you know, grabbed me, you know, during lunch one day and he said, I want to take a ride with you. And we drove down into Troy and there was like this gigantic body shop, you know, super successful. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then in that same body shop, there's a little garage bay is where the guy started. He couldn't even open his doors completely. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, my teacher's like, listen, don't let anybody else tell you what you can and can't do. He's like, this guy started with a garage. He'd have to turn the car around and paint the other side. Uh-huh. And now he owns like like a whole block. Wow. So, you know, I, I was really lucky. I mean, you know, you really don't notice him at the time. Um, you know, the people that you, you, like the real people you look up to, you really don't realize who how important they are in your life until, you know, some time goes by. And now I look back and, and all the people that kind of, you know, push me one way or the other, and, you know, it just, uh, it's just, I owe a lot to some people. You know, my father had passed away when I was really young, mm-hmm. um, and I was a real troublemaker, and I liked to fight and, and, and do dumb stuff, and I had this teacher, Mr. Olivier, um, and he really turned me around and got me thinking, you know, like, the world didn't owe me anything. It's basically, long story short, what he said to me, uh-huh. and, uh, you know, he was a real important person in my life because he really changed the way I thought. And right. I can see now how I took that thinking process and I kind of put it into the automotive world, I guess, in a way. Mm. But he, like, helped me clear my head. So 
I've been really looking back lately, uh, you know, because we're starting to have some cool things happen, and, you know, the trajectory is, is going somewhere, and, you know, a lot of these guys that have these car shows in this world, and there's some really good people, and there's some really, you know, for lack of a better word, shitty people, excuse my French, yeah. um, and I always look back and say, you know, if, if, if this is what the plans are for me, I, I'd like to have the same effect that some of these people had on me, you know, mm-hmm. it's real, real to me. Right. Well, one thing, you know, kids, hard work, you know, hard work is one thing. And I like to see these kids uh, grow up learning that if you put hard work and believe in something, you're going to become something. And uh, yeah, that's a good word for all the kids growing up here. Um, yeah, well, it's passion, too. I think yeah. it's real important um, because I was a perfect example of um, – Oh, geez, I'm so sorry. I have a phone call coming in. I'm trying to get rid of it. I apologize. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I don't know how to block that yet. I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> me either. <laughs> for, you know, um, for me, I, um, you know, I just, I, I found a passion, and that passion kept me out of trouble. It kept me, you know, from getting, you know, like when some of my friends were stealing things as kids or, yeah. you know, going and doing bad stuff. Like, I was kind of, like the, the, the car passion kept me away from it. It's kind of like, the, you know, when they say the, you know, idle hands, the devil playground, you know. Yeah. I was that bored kid in school. I didn't want to do anything. All I wanted to do is, you know, like drive my car and skateboard and chase girls. Like that's, you know, all my brain was thinking. And then once I got into, you know, becoming good at something and, and really developing a passion for it, it really steered the rest of my life, you know, uh-huh. almost like on autopilot. Um, you know, sometimes it took a lot of belief in myself to not listen to people who maybe didn't see where I wanted to go. You know, unfortunately, um, you know, that can come in a lot of ways. You know, you have family and friends. I'm sure you go through a mic too, building your business, which now is like blowing up. And I love watching it. Um, but, you know, you, you don't really, it's like your vision could be so clear to you and you realize you have to, you have to put up with the fight mm-hmm. to get to good times, you know, so it's like with people being critical of your idea, your passion, when it's in its infant stages, it really takes a lot of inner strength to say like, hey, I appreciate, you know, because, you know, sometimes it doesn't come from a bad place, but, um, you know, sometimes you got to ignore people, you know, and it sounds Mm -hmm. funny, but if you know what you love and you know where you want to go, what you want to do, what makes you happy, you know, I mean, like other people's opinion, like like it really doesn't matter at all. Yeah. You know, because success is usually a lot of failure. And mm-hmm. that's what I think people don't get. Like, failure, learning how to fail is the best thing you can do. I don't care if you, like, build birdhouses or you're a landscaper. I mean, like, whatever you do in this world, learning how to fail is key because once you learn how to fail and it doesn't hurt you, then it's not a roadblock anymore. Then it's just like a, a it's like a building block in a way you could look at it like, you know, so. Right. That's right. how I've always looked at it. Well, what happened to me, I, you know, I went to school for auto body and uh, I kept getting laid off. So I just, uh, you know, I always said, well, I'm going to start my own automotive business, something related to automotive someday. And that's what I'm doing now. And now here I'm talking to you. <laughs> you know, That's awesome. Yeah, so awesome. so here I am, right? And interviewing, uh, got a lineup of people that want, you know are going to talk to me. That's awesome. So yeah, that's awesome. 
Well, listen, you know what? It, what comes through with you, Mike, um, and, and from getting to know you, obviously, you know, we became friends, and then we really became friends in FEMA last year and this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a sincerity to what you do. And unfortunately, in this world, and I've seen a ton of it, um, and I've dealt with some some amazing celebrities that are super sweethearts, um, and then I've dealt with people that were, for lack of a better word, like the crappy people that are just, you know, I don't know if disingenuous is, a, is too big of a word for me to use, but, right. um, you know, like people that just, they're not in it for the right reason, and they, they're looking for the money end of it. And money, mm. it's, you know what, it almost seems like when you stop chasing money, money and financial success starts to find you slowly. Mm-hmm. Because if your focus is just money, then as soon as your deal, your dream or your idea doesn't financially make sense, now all of a sudden you start losing the, the legs that hold that dream up. Right. But if your dream is to do something and become great at something, whatever it is, um, and like with you, obviously what you're doing, you're doing it differently than other people are doing it. You know, and I've had people, you know, that that I that I know that know you, and they're like, "Oh, Mike's such a great guy." So that Mike's such a great guy translates into Mike's such a great interviewer, Mike's such a great, you know, and all the other things you want to do. So the 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 right reason. I mean, obviously, you know, any the, the goal is to to make money at whatever you do. But mm-hmm. I kind of changed my focus to say, like, well, if I can make money doing what I do and not sacrificing, you know, or not lying or not being, you know, like being a good person and still being able to become successful, um, then that's really the goal. You know, I, like I watch, I listened to your interview with that, um, the ch- that guy, yeah, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I seem super legit, man. And I just yeah. like, wow, I got, I got to meet this guy. I got to get to know him, you know, so. Yeah. Um, Hopefully it'll be in FEMA. I don't know if you, you know, maybe Discovery yeah. will fly him out there. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, this team is going to be big. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have plans for this year. Last yeah. year was like first year since we went without a card. It was so relaxing and it was great. But this year we're going to be bringing something. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of things planned. There's there's so much going on right now with me that I have like 10 things in the air and I'm just trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> what to do in what order. You know, I got a good crew now. Um you know, so it's, uh, you know, uh, I'm excited for this new year, definitely. Yeah, so, I mean, we fa- fast forward from learning and growing your business, and then you end up meeting uh, a famous person who is a car designer, designed cars for Disney. I mean, he's done everything, so you ended up meeting him. How about that story? <laughs> okay, sorry, go backwards. I lost you for a second. Yeah. Oh, I was talking uh, about... Uh, a famous person that you met uh, that kind of boosted your career. He draws for Disney, or he's done stuff for Disney. He's a car designer. He's won millions of awards now. Oh, okay, okay. Well, <laughs> Chip, um, it's funny. It's really funny because with Chip Foods, um, I am such a fan of his work, his physical work. Um, his drawing is absolutely out of control. I have the... Uh, the nomad that we did with him on the show overhauling, I just actually reframed it because it was getting a little beat up. Um, and I got to see him draw that in person, you know, part, parts of it. Yeah. Um, but what the deal with Chip is, Chip navigated this 
automotive world without losing his character. And mm-hmm. to me, it um almost who Chip is in in the in the weight of what carries on his shoulders. That's what impresses me more than anything because he's this. You know, he's looked at as like, I mean, let's face it, he's like the Pope of the automotive world, right? Right. Um, yeah. And he's still, he's still super polite, he's sweet, he's genuine. Um, you know, so like who he is as a person is almost became more impressive to me than, than what he does in the, in the shop. And, and I have no, I, I love what he does. I get to see him work firsthand. And we you know, know and got, we, one thing we know about him is super hardworking too. On top of everything yeah, he's else. Yeah, he's got a really good work ethic. He talks to people with respect. You know, when he's talking to you, you know he's really listening to you. He's not just like, you know, in in one ear, ear and out the other. Right, um, right. You know, he's just a, he's a legit dude. So I met him at, at a Funkplex car show, and, you know, I, I said, we said this before us, but, the uh, you know, we did really good at that show. We won a bunch. And, you know, Chip came over and mentioned overhauling to me, and I said, yeah, I was supposed to be on it, and this guy and that guy, and, you know, long story short, he was like, what would you do with this car and that car? He goes, send me some sketches. Um, I got a call Monday morning. I think we were at the show on Saturday or Sunday, and I got a call Monday morning from, from uh, you know, the people over at overhauling, and he wanted to be on, and then I almost talked myself off because I wanted, off that episode because I wanted to watch that guy from Killer Pain. Uh-huh. Uh, do some airbrushing, so. Cool. Are you there? I don't know if I lost Yeah, you. Okay. No, no, I'm here. I'm here. Yep. <laughs> this is the only problem about cell phones. You don't know if you're, are you there or not? <laughs> yeah, listen, this is real, man. I, I think this is this is awesome. But yeah, yeah Chip, Chip, uh, Chip was a role model to me, you know, and, and again, like, it was like surprising because it was, it was almost like if, if I'm blessed to be in, in, a little tiny piece of what Chip Boost has created, like that type of world and, and being involved with the TV and everything. Um, you know, I had a really good example of how to act and how to be. Uh-huh. Um, you know, sometimes you can, you know, when you start getting attention paid to you and, and magazines and TV stuff and all that, uh, it's real easy to let your ego get out of check and, you know, maybe start acting different. Uh-huh. Um and, and, you know, for me, I mean, I, that's really not in my nature. You know, listen, if someone calls us out, you have to show your teeth a little sometimes and, and be tough and, and not let people walk on you. But right. uh, overall, I have so much respect for other builders that it's hard for me to really, you know, dislike somebody that does something I, I admire. And mm-hmm. listen, they are, there are a-holes out there that still do good work. You know, so I'll, I'll may say, like, wow, I, this guy, I don't like that guy. He did this, he did that. It's not my type of person but he still does great work, you know? Right. Um, but, yeah, if I, if I was ever blessed to do it, just, like, I kind of look at, you know, financially, obviously, it, it'd be nice to, uh, you know, to kind of get into that world, but mm-hmm. the, the amount of good you could do and the amount of people's lives you could affect go up greatly with that type of attention. So if right. you could use that and help people at the same time, and, like, that's what I'm trying to figure out now. Like, how do I... How do I navigate these waters and, and try to, you know, positively affect people and get like, um, you know, I have like an idea to, 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 you know, help some kids maybe, you know, because I grew up in an area where I was like the only white kid in my school for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like there were no parents around and, 
it's you know my like I said my father passed when I was really young I don't know if I, you know that but um, yeah. yeah you know for me I would almost like to try to give back to you know kids that maybe are coming from that same world uh-huh. because if you would have told me like there's something you could find that's a passion that you could do well in I wouldn't have believed you at what point and uh-huh. there's a lot of kids that like without having a father it's weird when you don't have a father it's almost like you have a weird insecurity that's built into you because you don't have a roadmap on how to live your life. Right. You know, for me, I didn't have a good or bad example. So I kind of got to grow up as my own man and make my own decisions. And, you know, I had a really strong mother who kind of had to be mom and dad. But, you know, if I had the opportunity, I would try to, you know, go out of my way and take some of these kids that maybe don't have a direction and try to like, you know, try to get them in a direction and not even necessarily automotive, but, you know, just like, I guess I'm a, I'm a junkie or an addict to watch other people follow their dreams. Right. When I see somebody, like, try to do something, like what you're doing, like, be honest with you, what you're doing, like, watching you go from when I first met you to mm-hmm. where you are now, how fast it's moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so funny because you've been doing it for so long, and mm-hmm. it's like it's slow, it's slow, it's slow, that all of a sudden things start clicking. Mm-hmm. Um, to me... I love that. Like, I love having a front row seat to what you're doing. It, it's awesome. Yeah. So, like, that in general, like, and to me, it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't have to be a car-related thing. I just like when people go, this is what I'm going to do, and I'm not letting anything stand in my way, and I'm going to do it. And then when you see it happening, the magic and the confidence that comes, mm-hmm. you know, like, even with me and you, I can hear you now. When you're doing these interviews, you're like, I hate, like, I don't, I don't mean to say in the family, but you're, like, a different person now. Like, you're, like, you know, like, you're, like, hey, I, I paid my dues and I'm here now. You yeah. know what I mean? If that makes yeah. sense. Well, you know, I never thought I'd be interviewing people, number one. I, you know, it's just kind of, once Discovery said, hey, do you want to interview our people? It's kind of like it clicked. Wow. They want me to we interview talk. their people. I'm, like, wow. So. Yeah, we Talk about it though at SEMA in 2017. You know, not only just the car show national state is great, but why not talk to people? Why not, you know, find out the story? Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you have, which is is great, is you're because you you you're a very sincere person. It's easy for people to open up to you and talk to you and really talk to you. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like you know you have a conversation with somebody and they have like all these. Uh, default answers, you know, like, mm-hmm. this is what I, you know, like, so for me, I think you have that ability to do that, and like I said, you know, I'm going to be doing my podcast, and I want you to do some with me, and we'll go back and forth, but right. I kind of look at, like, what we're doing, it's like we're all like a family now, you know what I mean, and it, right. it, it's, uh, it's good to know you have people in your corner that care about you, that want to see you succeed, you know, right. I have, I have, you know, the guys at the shop now, and I shouldn't say guy, you know, Melody here, Melanie, yeah. Doing <laughs> doing great, and, and Justin's doing great with everything, and and you know we're 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 you know waiting for Mai to get over here, and we're uh-huh. going to be doing some stuff together. So, you know, I think I think success comes from, at least for me, is trying to surround yourself with good people. Uh-huh. And for years, I used to make excuses for people that were maybe negative or that. Um, you know, had their own problems, and I was always that guy that's like, well, no, they have this, they have that. But, you know, at the end of the day, you, you know, you could have people that will build you up, that will help you be stronger and better, Uh and just the confidence of having those people around you 
can make such a difference, you know. So, right. I, you uh, know, it's like re- it's weird. I'm starting to see things um, on a different level now, you know, because I've kind of I fought for so long, and now I'm kind of, you know, some of these opportunities are making me step back and, and look, and you know, it's it's um, you know, it's just great to see, even like with you know OCC, and, you know, um, I always had. It's weird. I always thought I would be friends with Paul Sr. and Mikey and right. not Junior. Not to say I have anything against Junior at all. I have a ton of respect for him. Mm-hmm. But I always had this weird vibe that, like, I, I feel like in another world I knew these dudes, right? So yeah. now, I'm, you know, when I'm around them, they, they're just, they've turned into real friends, you know, which right. is, um, you never would expect that. You would think, like, the automotive thing would keep like a shroud uh you know over it but it's like really refreshing when you meet somebody that has and this goes back to like chip boost or leno or any of these guys even dave turn like when i met dave i was a huge fan of dave's mm-hmm. and then i met dave and then i became like even bigger fans like he was just the the sweetest nicest guy he's so genuine he's really funny and that's mm-hmm. not something you catch from the show Gold Rush. You know, you don't get it, yeah. you know, that TV show. But he's just he's just a really, really funny dude. When I um, when I met him at SEMA, I thought, you know, he was a serious guy. He didn't joke with me, but maybe he didn't know me yet. <laughs> but, yeah, well, you know what? Um, hold, hold on one second, Mike. I just got yeah. a little bit of... <sighs> Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> That's a famous hey. famous podcast blowing the nose. No, just kidding. <laughs> edit, edit that out. Edit that out. <laughs> um, so, with, uh, you know, Dave, you know what? I think maybe, you know, at the show, um, you know, he's in the mode of, uh, you know, people recognizing him and shaking his hand. And right, he's yeah. Man, he's gracious. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, even like with, with Senior and um, Jody is his girlfriend who I've become super close with and, uh, they're just such nice people. It's like locally, you hear a lot of people that are that are negative about Orange County Choppers, and yeah. you know I thought about and you know like for all intents and purposes, Paul Singer built the castle, right? That's what Orange right. County Choppers. It's really a castle, you know. Right. If it, you know, like it, it, I mean, if you once you see it in person, it's this big, overwhelming building, and it was built on the back of of you know them doing cool motorcycles. Right. Um, right. So locally. Locally, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, that have, like, resentment for seeing other people make it. And that's really the saddest thing is that most of the time when people are knocking you or people are critiquing you or judging you, it's usually because they aren't doing what they love. They don't have a passion. You're mm-hmm. never, ever going to find someone who's really passionate about something knocking someone else or judging someone else because it's just an emotion you don't have time for. It's a, you know, so, and I mean, like, I've heard friends of mine say, oh, I, Paul Sr. yelled at one of my kids. And I'm like, really? Like, uh-huh. I've seen him, I've seen him, you know, we had dinner one time together at, at their place. And, like, there's, like, 15 people just staring at him the whole time. Right. And right. he doesn't get frustrated. He gets up, he signs autographs, he talks to people. <clears throat> uh, he really would really go fishing, you know, like, and it's funny because my buddy, you know, I don't know if you met Nick yet, but Nick will embarrass Senior all the time. It's the greatest thing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, but, like, you know, here he is, like, in a boat trying to fish, and he's getting out, and he's taking pictures and sending pictures to this kid who was home with a disability. And, 
Like, I've just seen him be gracious right. to so many people. Not well, necessarily me. He breaks my balls all the time, but, uh, you know, it, it kind of comes with and what I've noticed about Senior, too, and a lot of people don't probably talk about either, I see he does a lot of charity stuff, um, like uh, motorcycle rides. Uh, they're doing stuff for uh, animals, right? Way a ton, way more than you even see. Right. I see a lot. I see a lot of it. And, and it's funny because I said that to somebody because, like, you know, I, I used to defend them and Junior and that a lot because it just felt so, it felt so bad that, you know, like, here these guys are going to put their life out in the open and people try to say negative things, right? Right. Um, and, I, and I said to somebody, you know, three things I said that kind of shut up a couple of the, of the critics. Um, and one person, you know, had something to say, oh, you know, is that. And I said, let me ask you a question. So what do you do for anybody? And the guy looked at me. I said, that man has, over the, his career, helped hundreds and hundreds of people and has been an inspiration to hundreds of people. Right. What did you do? And my motto is this. Before you judge me, do close to what I've done, and then I'll listen to your critique. Right. But if you're just not doing anything, it's like someone saying, you know, try to knock what you're doing. Well, do what I've done, and then you can judge me. But until then, your opinion means nothing. Right. You know, and it was funny. So I, I sat down with this father for breakfast. You know, there's this new place I used to stop. And uh, I had the Orange County Chopper T-shirt on underneath the sweatshirt. And uh, he had brought him up, and he was kind of like, well, you know, I should go up there and teach those guys this, that, you know, all this nonsense. And uh, he was kind of being negative. And uh, listen, I hear a lot of positive, too, but the negative stuff sticks out to me because I always try to figure out where it's coming from, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I said, hold on. And I showed him the shirt. I said, I can call Paul right now. You want to talk to him? And all of a sudden, this guy's face lit up. He goes, really? Can, 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 can you get me on the phone with him? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah, but I'm not. You know, because, like, here you were a minute ago, you know, like, having this negative thing about him, then as soon as you have a chance to maybe re talk to the guy, you're excited. So right. it just goes to show that people um, people can just be negative just for the sake of being negative. Right. But when it comes to charity and doing good things, I've seen so much that, that he does. Joni, his girlfriend, like, she's such a sweetheart. She does... Um, SPCA, she she does animal rescues, like she's totally my kind of person. As a matter of fact, I mean, I'll be honest with you, the other day my dog passed away and I was on the floor crying for like three hours, like a wreck, and uh, the only person that made me feel better was talking, you know, talking to Jody about it to make sure I was doing the right decision. Yeah, uh -oh. I mean, yeah, sorry to hear about that. I, I obviously followed everything about that. Um, then you, yeah. just, you just picked up a new dog, <laughs> right? Uh, you know what? This is how I look at it. Well, okay, so I guess I'm talking about my daughter and dogs on the podcast, but we'll go with it. <laughs> uh, my my dog was a little older when my daughter was born, so she really didn't know how to deal with the kid. Right. Um, she was a little grumpy. You know, if my daughter would jump on the couch, she would growl once in a while. You know, she never bit her or snapped, but yeah. she would growl. Um, so she wasn't very affectionate to my daughter. Uh -huh. And I was even thinking about getting the puppy, you know, just so my daughter could have that experience. Uh -huh. Um, you know, and what happened when my dog came on real quick, you know, she came, she had something with the pancreas and, uh, -huh. uh, it was just, she didn't have any pain and then she had a day of discomfort and then we made the decision to put her, to put her down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tough one. Then, no, it, believe me, it was, yeah. I love that dog. Yeah. Um, uh, but Jody had this, um, 
this beautiful lab, uh, you know, pit mix maybe. It mm-hmm. could be the sweetest dog. And even Joni said, she goes, I don't push dogs on people. She's like, Ed, this could be the nicest dog I've ever met. And, mm-hmm. you know, I met the mother of this dog, and she had two puppies with her. So that's right now what we're doing. We have the uh, the dog at my house, which turns out to be like, like I can't even express, like the sweetest dog in the – it's just like amazing. Yeah, the dog listens. It's really good, and we and we're fostering the two puppies. So uh-huh. my nephew made one of them. We may keep one of the puppies. I don't know. We're, we're gonna see. I bet your uh, daughter would love that. <laughs> Seen the pictures. <laughs> she, you know, what she said last night. She goes, "Okay, whoever wants to keep you, keep a puppy, put your hands up." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure she'd love it. <laughs> Yeah, but so I'm a dog what? guy too, you know. But my my girlfriend's got cats, so you know. Yeah, I have two cats also. They're they're yeah. testing this old new dog thing as we speak, but uh-huh. they'll get over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we could go. Let's see, Chip Foos, You met, and then you yeah. didn't say uh, Jay was on the same show as you on Overhaul. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happened. I tried to talk myself off the episode, and uh, <laughs> I wanted to work with guy from Killer Pace. Uh, guy Mike Lavalley or something, and uh, and then they basically said like, listen, this is an episode with Jay Leno, um, so stop calling and bothering me. And I was like, all right, no problem, I'll be there. And I tell you what, um, we actually it was funny because we did the car for this gentleman, um, Dave Kalaki, which is Leno's best friend, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely way closer with you know with um, with Dave. I mean, listen, if I see Jay. Hey, how you doing? You know, we're friendly. You know, he's not my best friend. You know, some people like to think that, but um, you know, I, I try to I try to be very clear about that. Um, but right. you know, time comes. You know, just talking to him, um, it's really unique because he is. Uh, he was like, like I grew up with you know Johnny Carson, right? Right. right. And then switched over to Jay Leno, and me and my mother used to watch these together. Um, yeah. And then, like, it was like, what's going on with this Jay Leno guy? And then we started to love Jay. You know, we'd watch him religiously. Uh, and then I get a chance to meet him in person. Again, it was almost like Paul Sr. Like, I kind of felt like I knew Paul before I met him. And, mm-hmm. and almost. Uh, but, and Jay was kind of the same way. Like, you, you, you watch this guy for years. Um, he is funnier in person than you'd ever imagine. You know, on a Tonight Show, you get to see, like, bits and pieces. Um, you know, Jay Leno's Garage, you get to see a little more serious side of him. Yeah. But when we met him, it was just, he was just funny. He was such a sweetheart. He was so nice. You know, like, no ego. You know, just a real car guy that just happened, excuse me, that happened to have a ton of cars, you know? Yeah. And that, again, that's, that's just another example of somebody who's made it that isn't an asshole. You know, sorry. I don't know right. if I can say that. That's <laughs> You know, so it's like, again, like, I've been really lucky with some of the people I've been able to work around, and even, like, Funk Festa Flex was one of the first ones. I was always a big fan of, you know, like, the, the, listening to him on the radio and, and then the mm-hmm. fact that he was a hot guy. So working with him, again, like, I had I had a really good um, a really good group of people to have around me. You know, we, mm-hmm. we did the thing with Pro, we met him, I guess a whole other thing, but just sweet, sweet, good people, you know, and, and again, I think that's, that comes back to what I mean, like, you know, if you want to be successful, you want to, and, and, and I, don't, I don't mean just financially successful, but if you want to get what you want, your dreams done, 
I think you have to surround yourself with people that think like you, that mm-hmm. support you, They'll support you when you're not there. That's the biggest thing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the type of person that if me and you are somewhere and someone has something bad to say about you, I'm going to confront them and I'm going to get in their face about it because, right. like, I'm not just your friend when I'm talking to you. I'm your friend when you're with me. And I think that's the, that's the thing, like, loyalty to me is um, loyalty to me is the biggest, the, the, the best trait a human being could have. Right. Um, I respect loyalty over everything. And, you know, so, again, when you get to meet around some of these people and you see that they're, and not necessarily that, um, you know, like when you get to meet Jay Leno, like you saw this year at SEMA, you know, we got to see Jay last year. We got to hang out, take pictures. It was really, hey, yeah, come on over. It was really cool. You yeah. know, this year I got to say hello to Dave because his buddy Dave was with him. But Jay was busy, you know. And right. to me it was like, you know, there's also a lot of respect. Like if you're cool with somebody, sometimes you've got to give them the room to breathe a little bit. You know what I mean? Right, and, right. Um, you know, so it's, you know, it's, uh, there's a difference between, like, like even like with us, right? At Facebook, we were friends. Mm-hmm. And then we met, we became real friends. Like, I consider you a real friend of mine now. Me too. You know, not just some guy I talk to, you know what I mean? So, right. but again, like, there's so much value in that. So, you know, that's what you try to do with these people. Um, you know, Dave Turn was great because when he came to the shop, um, he was here for like two or three weeks. So I really got to know the guy, mm-hmm. and like ten minutes after he got here, he was like a real friend. We scared him. Like I think we scared him the first day. We had somebody jump out of a box. You know, we were messing <laughs> with him a little bit. Yeah. Um. You know. So you know. But that's it. I mean, I feel like you know through some of the hard work I've put in. You know, you you at least that hard work gets you to put yourself into situations where other things can come from it. You know what I mean? Just like uh, just like what you're doing with this, right? You started with the website. The website started to grow. And then you went to SEMA just really for the website. And then that kind of turned into you're meeting these people and talking to people. Now it's starting into you doing a podcast. Right. And like, what's next, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, crazy. It's a crazy thing that happens. Yeah, it's a cycle, you know. It's definitely a cycle. And I got Pennzoil and uh, Shell, Shell Pennzoil, you know, they want or contacted me, and then uh, 3M, I mean, where where yeah, do I go just, next, you know? <laughs> yeah, but that's it. This is just the tip of the iceberg, you know? Yeah, this is just yeah. the but there's so much, there's so much potential out there, you know, and, and I have a lot of, you know, plans, and we're, we're hopefully starting our podcast, right, you know, as the new year breaks, we're just working out some bugs, um, but we're going to do that with Donna Kessler, who's a sweetheart, and I'm going to drag Donna to see me next year, no matter what. Awesome. So you're gonna get a person. <laughs> yeah, she's really great. She's uh, she's such a she's another one. She supported me, and she's like, um, just an overall great person. So what I was thinking about doing, you know, obviously, a lot of what I was thinking about with the podcast was local, and then we started thinking about how could we do a video podcast with people from all over, which you know would maybe you know need you and her, and maybe you grab somebody, and we all do a joint podcast. Like there's yeah. like no rules. We can make up these rules as we go. You know right, what I mean? Right. Well, and that's like, like, you know, how much work you ask for in life to, to, you know, kind of go at your own, 
you know, your own mode, your own direction. And if you have people around you that appreciate it, like, like to me, that's success in itself, you know. And, right. You know, hopefully we're going to be doing some TV stuff this year. Um, you know, it's just it, it, things got, you know, it's like this is more than one opportunity, so we're just trying to figure out which is the way, where do we want to land, and, you know. Right. Um, well, I'll definitely be on your show, I mean, and you can uh, be on mine anytime. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So that should be fun. Some good. It'll be a good time. I can't wait to see yours uh, get off the ground. See, uh, see yeah. what we can do. Yeah, you know what? Like to be honest with you, um, we had a whole bunch of shows thrown at us when my mom was real sick. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really in the best place to do it. You know, I just knew I wasn't like me. I was such a mess. And, um, you know what? It may maybe would have made good TV, but it definitely would have taken part of my soul with it. Right, um, right. You know, so now um, I'm not as in a rush because everything I do, I love doing. So I'm not, like, pushing, pushing. I'm kind of, like, letting the right opportunity be very obvious to us. Yeah. You know? I mean, I learn everything. I learn something about you all the time. And I, when you said you could have been on Pimp My Ride and I used to watch that, I'm like, really? You know, but then yeah. you, know, you told me... Yeah. It wasn't the best option for you, but I just can't believe that you could have been on there. <laughs> here's the, here's the, well, here's the deal with that. Um, you know, one of the guys came to us from the show and, and, and said, hey, you know, we saw what you did, this and that. We were happened to be over there for overall. And, um, you know, great guys. And, and the, the sad thing about that show, the original uh, Pin My Ride, was um, they did really good work, and that was my biggest surprise. When I was at the shop um, seeing what they did, and it was basically like, here's the TV show area and here's the real area. And they did some pretty complicated stuff, but, um, you know, my thing, I'll be honest with you, if it wasn't a situation with me and, and my mom and everything else, I would have, uh, it would have been maybe different, but, you know, right. it's always, there was a lot of opportunities to go to California, and, um you know, there was some other TV show stuff, and there was some things that were, like, a lot of money and slam dunks and everything else. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, leaving my mother that was sick here or bringing her with me or, you know, it just didn't it didn't seem like the right thing to do at the time. But, you know, right. these guys are awesome. Like, they're, 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 like, you know, unfortunately, I think with that particular show, um, you know, now I guess, it, you know, they're, they're, they're monsters, but... Um, I think in the beginning it was, um, you know, easy to take shots at them because they had producers telling them to do silly things. Um, so, you know, that being said, it was, uh, you know, I had a ton of respect. And then that was, like I said, that was something where, you know, I was just surprised. I'm like, oh, wow, they do good work, you know. Right. So, and then, listen, I've also met people. I've met a lot of celebrities that, like, thought they were more important than they were you know, that had real egos that wouldn't shake your hand, that wouldn't look you in the eye, you know, and I was wow. like, wow, man, get it. And they weren't really big celebrities. That's the funny thing. You know, most of the people... You go to SEMA and everyone is great. Everyone that I've met there will give you the time. They'll talk to you. Like Mike Brewery talked to me for about 20 minutes while they're filming, not this year, but the last year. I mean, he didn't have to talk to me for 20 minutes. He probably didn't know who I even was, but just amazing well, but, how these people how, how you know they'll talk to you it's pretty cool yeah well but it's, that also comes to like i said before about your the way you come off 
you're very sincere. People can tell you're not trying to bash him. You're not trying to get him to say something stupid. Um, And I think that means a lot. You know, the thing about celebrities, which is really tricky, is someone always wants something from them, Mm. right? Um, And I've always been, I've tried to be as straightforward as possible. Um, You know, like, I think it's worse when you approach somebody and say, hey, I don't want nothing from you, but can we do this and can we do that? Because they're not stupid. They know you're, you're, you got an angle. But if you go to somebody and say, hey, look, I really appreciate what you do. Um, I would love an opportunity to work with you. This is what I'm thinking. And this is what I'm looking to get out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think when you have that, people are so much more relieved because then they know you're not trying to lie to them, you know? And I think that is important. You know, someone coming straight out and saying, hey, like you say to somebody, hey, I'd love you having you on my podcast, you know, you know, some big giant name, you know, and, and, and you could really help my podcast grow just by having you as a guest. Mm-hmm. Just by you saying that, you know, that, that helps that person say, oh, wow, this guy's not being sneaky. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, so that alone is just like, you know, people listen. At the end of the day, and this is something I've learned, at the end of the day, all these people are human beings. You know, and they're not always perfect. They don't always say the right thing. And I don't think a human being is really designed to have fame, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if there, if there wasn't TV and if we never, like, really got past being cavemen, there wouldn't be famous people. There's only really famous people because of media and TV. So, like, I don't think the human brain is designed for fame. Um, even in my tiny, itty-bitty little you know, reaction that I get, even locally when we were rocking, we did overhauling, you know, a handful of people noticed us and we'd go to shows sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when somebody says to me, you know, it's funny, I had this, it was a, I was at a gas station one night and it was real late and this guy kept looking at me funny. And between me and you, my, I was oh, between me and you and all you people listening, um, I thought this guy was going to rob the gas station because he was acting really weird. And I'm going, like, oh, my God, this guy, because he was looking at me, looking over the chips, looking at me. And I'm thinking, like, this guy is waiting for me to leave or seeing where I'm at because he's about to do something crazy. Yeah. So now I start looking at him. I'm looking weird. He's looking back at me. And then I look around the corner, and I'm, like, literally just now just watching this guy. And he looks at me, and he goes, oh, God, I'm so sorry. I must be coming off, like, a creep. He goes, are you the guy from the, the golden shop right down the street? So it's literally right by my shop. So, like, locally, a lot of people paid attention. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh, man, can I, can I go in the car and get my, you know, take a picture with my kid? And he, like, woke his poor kid up in the middle of the night to take a picture with me. <laughs> and, like, that alone was, like, I was, like, that is amazing. Uh-huh. It's, like, such a great feeling. And, like, I've said this before. People that say that, um, attention, you know, being brought to you for something you love doing, it mm. feels good. And people try to act like it doesn't or it's it shouldn't, but, mm-hmm. like, how could it not feel good with that somebody, like, you know, in, in another universe, I could have been just a mechanic at a shop, which is nothing wrong with that, but, you know, who would have ever thought to ask me for my picture? Like, that's crazy. So now at Timo, you know, obviously we were signing you there with us, we were signing the posters and doing all that. Like, to me, every time someone shows a little bit of interest in you, mm-hmm. it's amazing. So then when you see a celebrity, you know, that's a little, you know, nasty, 
I'm almost like, man, you're so lucky that people want to know about you, and then you decide to use it to think you're better than people. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I I look at what I do as um, like I kind of, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to, to start the podcast too, was to shine light on some of the guys that don't have light shined on them. Right. So there's like a billion mechanics, there's a million body guys, there's a million interior guys that are amazing that nobody knows who they are. Right. Um, right. So like I kind of I kind of like work for those guys, like the blue collar dude who who busts his butt and works in a car for a hundred hours and for a thousand hours or five thousand whatever and brings it to a car show and wins. Like I'm his biggest fan. You uh, know what I mean? That, I don't yeah. know if that sounds but, well, that's one know. reason why I want to do I want to do a podcast with uh, all these guys that run some of the big car shows around the country, you know, because they put a lot of work in because I've run a car show, I've run a cruise, and I know how much time and all your energy and everything that goes into it. So I'm going to have a podcast just with all different car show promoters across the country. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Listen, like we did, we did a couple ourselves. Uh, we did uh, a few to uh, to benefit the FPCA over by where I live. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll probably do some more. But it was like a great feeling to organize something, and you know that there's like animals in need that are getting help, and people are coming together for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, again though, it's just a, it's 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 a great. Op- I guess in a way, it's like a great opportunity you have or I have on the podcast side of things. Because we're going to be doing like a magazine, which probably have its own little podcast, but mm-hmm. probably more like nonsense conversations. But mm-hmm. um, you know, we're going to start a, a, our our magazine, and like I said, whatever you do with me, with that, you're in whatever you need, whatever you want. But um, you know, that's like another way to, to like highlight some of these shows and some of these guys. And you know, yeah. I, I'm just a I'm just a big fan of of people that work hard and follow their dreams. That dream may just be a really you know, building an amazing show car. Mm-hmm. But from that show car can turn into a whole other reality for people. Right. You know, right. You know, it's uh it's fun to it's fun to uh to watch it. Mhm. Well, I mean, let's see, you're working with Orange County Choppers right now. Uh are they I guess I think Nick had posted a little while ago they're refilming for the next part of the season, which I don't even know when that comes out. The second season, um, I, I helped a little bit on the first season, and like you see me walk by in the background. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you know, hopefully there's a little more this year. But again, like with Orange County Choppers, it was just like I mean, Phil. It, it's funny because um, you talk about you know people that don't get the recognition they deserve. Right. You know, Phil is up there. My buddy Phil the painter, he's been up there for years and years and years and. And, like, to me, it was weird because when we first met, I think there was a little animosity. Like, he was wondering, you know, what I was doing there and, right. you know, is it he problems with him. And, like, I look at it like, no, dude, like, I have so much respect for what he does there. Mm-hmm. Um, he really like, kind of like the backbone of a lot of things. Uh-huh. Um, but it's cool to watch because there's, uh, you know, Paul is really good at knowing and finding good talent. Right now he's got this uh, this one guy from – from Crybaby Cycles, he's out in Colorado. There's another gentleman in Colorado who I just met this week, who also works up there now. They're kind of like a team to a degree, at least at OCC. They do amazing work, and uh-huh. you know, my thing is, there's no ego, which is really cool. Uh, 
you know, and like I said, Phil, an amazing painter. He probably doesn't get patted on the back enough, but, you know, he's amazing. Like, really, everyone over there, even some of the older guys that aren't there anymore, there's just a, a ton of talent in one room. It's, like, really, really amazing. You uh-huh. know, my help over there is just to kind of take the pressure off and, and help a little bit with just body work. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I like it, because to me, it's very like, hey, I go in, and like, actually, I have two bikes here now that I brought to my shop, but usually I'm up there. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's um, it's it's a good opportunity because you're working on something that you know is gonna, you know, people are gonna see it. It's gonna be on TV. Um, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's fun. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> I, you know, I followed that show for years too, and I watched it. So I, I just it's just cool to me, you know. And now I'm, you know, because you're friends with these guys on Facebook. Now I'm friends with them on Facebook, and it's just yeah. pretty cool, you know. It's like a small world, but a big world at the same time. Yeah. You yeah. know what's funny? Actually, because I went to pick up my dog the other day, and I guess, you know, I had I was actually working on the bikes, and Feeny was waiting for me to show up. So mm-hmm. uh, I got to the shop. I I talked to this um this other guy. Uh, his name is Corey. I don't know his Instagram, but he's like an amazing pinstripe painter, and he does patterns. Uh-huh. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal talent. Watching him work is, is awesome, too. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, he was there waiting for me. So instead of, like, I didn't know he was waiting for me. I didn't even know he was there. I saw his truck there, but I thought he may have left. So I went to the bar and had a burger and talked to a couple people. And, you know, I get a text like, hey, Senior's upstairs waiting for you. Like, where are you? So and I walk upstairs, and he's sitting on a bench sitting there waiting for me. <laughs> and it was so funny. Cause I walked by, I'm like, wow, I'm really getting somewhere in my life now. I got full senior waiting on me. <laughs> and, uh, and he just scrubbles. He's like, come on, asshole. Let's get, you know. <laughs> That's but, funny. Uh, you know, again, listen, even with Paul, you know, it took a while to become cool with him because mm-hmm. I think so many people are, are out to, you know, like, you know, say bad things. Or, right. or, Tear or him down. Get, to get, like, dirt. And it's like, here's what I said to somebody, right? Somebody was trying to knock him or knock, you know, excuse me. Uh, no problem. And I was like, listen, in a thousand years, there's going to be a handful of names that people remember, and Paul Caesar is going to be one of them. Right, right. So is that. You can, you can love him or hate him, but the guy, he's a living legend in a way. Right. But, like, I mean, you can say Paul Senior, and you know, to anyone that's in cars and motorcycles, you say Paul Senior, and I'd say a lot of the people know who you're talking about. That's how. Yeah, his anywhere, name is and that's worldwide too. That's not just right. the United States. Right. Worldwide. Right. So it's like, um, and he like, you know, what's really funny about him? He like answers people on Facebook. He like, he leaves himself very vulnerable, you know, and like, there's mm. so many. So many garbage people on Facebook that like try to say nasty things just to get a rise. Right. He really doesn't get that way. Um, but again, like I, I think what was really cool is because of Nick, who you know, is like my buddy, you know, he's like a brother to me now. Um, you know, and, and getting to know Senior through Nick and fishing with them both, and it was just a real easy process to get to know them. Yeah. You know, but Nick, like, it's funny because me and Nick hung out for a real long time before any of the OCC thing really came back up and before I went up there and that, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, me and Nick were like, like, you know, you spent many hours on the boat and Nick's like, he's like, I said this before and it really makes sense. Rick is, uh, Nick is like, no, it's Bugs Buddy. He's like, really like a cartoon character. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's yeah. hilarious. He does some funny things. I've seen some funny videos he's done with you, and you know, he even he's liked the post funny. I made. I, I made a post saying that I'm gonna be interviewing you, and he liked that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny all the time. Yeah. Excuse me. One more, one more speech bonus. <laughs> Well, I kind of joked around, you know, when I went to out of body school, I kind of played some pranks on people too. So it's, but, uh, well, hopefully not to hurt anyone. (laughs) Oh, well, no, they get a little carried away up there. So Nick, unfortunately, he takes the brunt of, of all Paul's, uh, you know, because he's family, you know, Paul can really mess with Nick because they're related, you know, it's not like he's to a stranger. Uh Um, but Nick, Nick's a sweetheart. He's such a great dude. Like people fall in love with him instantly, um, you well, know. And it's, it's he's definitely you know. gonna have to be on your podcast if he can be, or or he can be oh, on ours. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, hundred percent. He's gonna do one. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. We'll probably wind up talking for talking about fishing for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I know he loves his fishing. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me correct you. It's, he, it's more than love with Nick. Yeah. Um, it's more than love. It's an addiction. He needs <laughs> to get help. He, like, I love fishing. Nick is, like, on a whole other level. Like, wow. there are some times, like, God, dude, I'm done. And Nick's like, oh, you know, like, he'll sit out there until it's pitch black in the middle of the night. Like, <laughs> and I know, I, I, I know you've caught him a few <laughs> times. <laughs> With your hook, uh, I've seen some of those videos <laughs> where uh, yeah. you, you hooked them a few times. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's fun. I took, I took one of my buddy Charlie's dreadlocks off. Oh, my God. <laughs> but me, Nick, and Charlie were fishing. I think maybe Andrew. Uh-huh. Um, I cast it back. And I'm usually, you know, I'm pretty good with my, you know, with casting and stuff. But I guess I didn't realize Charlie was there. Uh-huh. And I looked plucked like a three-inch piece of his dreadlock off into the water and it stuck to my lure. Oh, jeez. And Charlie looks at me like, oh, my God. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and I think I hooked Nick twice in one day. Yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw some video on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's a great, a great story with Nick, and I'll probably tell it on my podcast, but I'll give you a sneak peek. So we were fishing, uh, trolling for muskies up in Greenwood Lake, and I have a pontoon boat. Mm-hmm. And we were just going, and my pole must have snagged something, and it, like, loaded up tension, and it flew in the water. Mm-hmm. This may have been a rod and reel that Nick actually bought me. It was a super expensive um, fishing pole with a reel, like, real fancy. Uh-huh. And uh, I turned around to Nick, and I'm like, why didn't you grab it? And he looked at me, and, uh, you know, we were in, like, 50 feet of water. It was gone. I sat there trying to find it. And he just, like, smirking, laughing, but not laughing because he knew I was pissed. Yeah. Oh, you know, you fast forward like a year and a half, and now we're in a rowboat, we're in a different lake, and he fishes with these like big, ridiculous. I don't even remember what they're called, but they're like a, they look like a chandelier. <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous. It's the most annoying thing in the world, and it's like it's like it's like ten lures on one pole, right? On one oh line. Jesus! <laughs> it's so ridiculous, and I'm looking at him, and he's got like five poles in the boat. So, you know, a fish jumps and he has, like, a heart attack and he whips out this pole to cast with it and it's, like, such a contraption that it actually grabs his other pole and threw it in the lake. Oh, and, like, God, <laughs> and I just started dying laughing and he was all pissed. Yeah. I was like, oh, you see what happens? It comes back to you. So, yeah. <laughs> but we, 
we've had countless good good times. You know, I, there was the whole thing with Dave Turn when we uh, when we scared Nick with the we put like a, my buddy was underwater under some garbage bags and he jumped out of the water. I think I saw that video too. I think I've seen all your videos, man. I saw I yeah, saw that one too. That was, that yeah. was priceless. Yeah. Hearing Dave laugh because Dave Turn's laugh like infectious, like when he really stuck laughing. Uh-huh. And I was just. And you hear me like I'm laughing now because Dave's laughing. Nick Nick's talking about peeing in his pants from it and everything. So. <laughs> oh man. Well, we got uh, we're talking about maybe doing a TV show. We'll see if that you know comes. You know, it's not easy to get on TV and all that. <laughs> but, well, uh, um, right now we're in a unique spot. I mean, there's, there's not that much I can talk about, but we have a couple things are in the air. So it's like. I tell you what, I don't really get excited until um, everything's said and done. Like, you know, you could have a great idea and people could say, yeah, it was great. And then, you know, you look at a contract or there's some weird deal. Right. Like, I really want to do it. I really want to do it the way I want to do it. And not to say I wouldn't be interested in other people's input, but I want to do, like, I want to do a fight. I want to do a deal. I don't want it to be like, you know, too frou-frou, you know, so, you know, right now we're just kind of, we're in a good position right now, but I'm not in a rush, I'm not mm-hmm. pushing to make anything happen, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we'll see where it goes, I mean, something's going to happen, we just don't know exactly what direction we're going in yet. Yeah, I want to say a shout out to uh, Nelson Gill from ACC oh. Performance Products, I mean, he's got the Boss Hot Converters, and he uh, he was really good for us this year. Really, uh, Nelson. Put, was, I was going to say, I was going to mention him. Nelson's a sweetheart. Yeah, he's uh, he's not only is he a super nice guy, he's super approachable, but he's so smart when it comes to like just the automotive world and the converters. He's like on a whole nother level. Right. And he's like again, he's one of those people that I'm just like so thrilled I met. He mm-hmm. introduced me to Wood from Nitrous Express, who he's like another one. He's super smart. Like I'm. Like trying to absorb as much knowledge from these guys as I could, and right. so like hopefully if anything happens with us, we're you know like I said I you know except for we're like a big family. I have a I have a um a giant Boss Hog torque converter banner in my shop that we put up, and we're we're gonna put it up top in the high part of the shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're waiting for some stuff from Nitrous Express. So um, again, like you know what it is. There's a million companies out there. There's a million people out there. But when you surround yourself with good people, you know, like, you meet Nelson, and it doesn't take you a minute to realize he's a legit dude. He's, like, a real yeah. deal. Yeah. And, like, to me, I'm just, like, that's what I that's what I need around me. You know, that's the type of person I need around me. Yeah, and he's, uh, I mean, he's talking to TV people for, for uh, on our behalf and all, all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's pretty oh, awesome. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, Discovery contacted me while I was at SEMA. Uh, that might have been because I was on the media list too, but it's still pretty exciting. Um, oh, of course. Yeah, listen, everything. You know, unfortunately, there's, there's you got to navigate through the good and the bad. But mm-hmm. you know, I think um, you know, I think you have that, that that common sense to know what's what's real, what's not real. You know, there's right. a lot of people in the industry in this world that try to make themselves more than what they are right. um, instead of waiting for it to happen organically. Mm-hmm. And that's what both of us have done. We've put in so much time into this business. Yeah. Um, you know, there I have, you know, thousands of hours of doing horrible garbage jobs with 
nobody to pat you on the back and say how great they were. Right. You know, it's just now that you're starting to get some attention, which is fine. That's that's mm-hmm. how it's supposed to happen. But um, you I know, it's uh, I don't even know. I told I don't even know if I told you the story that when I was at SEMA this year, you were with me twenty four seven. So uh, I was uh, filming some of the car reveals. And these two guys come up to me and they're like, "Hey, we like what you're doing, or we're watching what you're doing." I'm like, "Really?" And and uh, you know, I'm a crew of one. And I talk to these guys, and they're media guys. And I go, well, "How big's your group?" And he says, "We got 25 people here." I'm like, "Dang!" You know, and this is kind of surprising. It's kind of like a a celebrity thing for me. Like, wow, they're watching what I'm doing, and you know, I got a crew of one, and they've got this. 25 man crew there you know so it's just pretty cool for someone to say that to you you know it's just that they're recognizing what you do you know that, that makes yeah it that's, pretty cool. that's like i said that's that's um that's what you listen sometimes um that's what keeps you going right mm-hmm, it keeps right. you you know when you, when you listen when you have so many negative people and and again Family and friends sometimes, and, I, and I've said it before, I'll probably say it a hundred times more. Mm-hmm. Family and friends can be the worst thing in the world for somebody who's trying to do something different because right. they don't understand it. And I'm not saying it in necessarily just a bad way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that, like, oh, your family and friends, they're just negative. No, like, they may have the best intentions. But even with, like I said, with me, I was like, why do you want to do this? Why do you want to do that? And then I got on the magazine cover, and we did a TV show. And then people were like, wow, I always knew you'd make it. Right. And I'm like, I don't remember you saying that. So with all the negativity that can be pushed on you, you know, it's almost like you should almost do like a math equation. Like one good comment is worth like a hundred negative ones. Right, right. You know, when someone, when someone comes to you and says, hey, Mike, we love what you're doing, we, we're noticing it, mm. you know, that's like, that's like a little reassurance, like, okay, I'm on the right path at least. Right, right. You know what I mean? I just think it's funny. So just, uh, my middle son, Carter, you know, he's always kind of like, oh, we're doing, you're doing car show stuff again, you know. And then uh, 2017 was at SEMA, get my picture with Jay, and all of a sudden, holy cow, my dad's was Jay Leno, you know. <laughs> it was this pretty yeah. funny reaction. He just, uh, and ever since then, he's been like, How's it going? What's going on? You know, he wants to know what's really going. He wants to take over my company when I'm not around anymore. And <laughs> so well, we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, it takes a little hard work, though, to get where you're at, you know. So it doesn't exactly. just happen by, it's not luck. It's it's work. Oh, you know? oh listen, Mike, somebody, um, somebody said to me, one of my friends recently said to me, uh, you're so lucky. Uh-huh. This sticks in my head. It burns in my head, actually. Right. And I said, I said, where do you see luck? Uh-huh. I said, if anything, if anything, I'm unlucky. It's funny. I had a super wealthy customer, a guy, super smart, self-made guy. And he said to me one day, he goes, man, Ed, you must be the most unlucky person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> he said, but for some reason, you just don't give up. Right. He's like, where does that come from? How do you just not give up when... When all these things start piling at you, I mean, I had like a five-year span where like every bad thing that could happen to a person happened to me. Right. It's just I never, I never gave up. So right. like when people say it's luck, I'm like, eh, there's really, if anything, it's unluck. But, you know, you just can't, 
you can't settle for that. You know, if you, right. it's like if, if something kicks you down and you let it kick you down, then that's really failure. Right. You know what I mean? Not getting back up is failure. Falling down is just a part of the process. You yeah. know, it, it's almost like, I hate to say it, it's not funny, but I almost like when I mess something up now because I know I'm still pushing myself and I'm still at the, I'm, I'm, I'm on that cutting edge of trying to learn more and learn more and get better and learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, I never can consider myself, you know, and I've seen guys that I grew up with in my industry that they believe the hype and they believe their ego and they let it get out of hand and they became irrelevant because now they're not doing anything. Right, right. Well, they're not learning, they're not pushing. Yeah. You even got to work with Mike Rowe. Uh, was that, let's see, was yeah, that, that was just cool. before SEMA? That was before SEMA, right? Yeah. Was it? No, you know what? It was right after last year. Oh, yeah, after last, not, yeah, okay. Yeah, I had gotten a call when I was with you at SEMA for that project. Oh, wow. They didn't tell me, they didn't tell me it was Mike Rowe, um, but they just explained the project to me and what they wanted to do, and I said I was interested. I think I was standing right next to you when I got the call, and uh, <laughs> I, I remember you know. it was loud. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was, it was real loud in, in where we were, and I, I walked over to the side. And then I, t- I talked, I think we were in the North Hall, right by, um, right by the entrance where we were walking in that lot this year, right there. And then, and then uh-huh. I was like, okay, well, we'll talk when I get back from SEMA, blah, blah, blah. Then it turned out to be for Mike Rowe, so. That's pretty cool. Um, pretty cool. And he's cool, too. Mike, he's a great dude. He's just, again, he's like, he's like super friendly. He's like a Dave Turin. He's like, right. just a real dude that's doing what he loves to do. And like, you can't ask for more than that. He's he's doing what he likes and he's helping people. He's obviously financially he's, he's making some money. Like, mm-hmm. what more can you ask for than that? Like, that's that's a dream. That's yeah. yeah oh, his that's, show is pretty awesome. Returning the favor. That's uh. I mean, I've watched a million episodes of that now, and it's pretty yeah, he's, pretty good show. Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, he's definitely the man. One of my favorite people I've ever met. And you know what's funny? I also felt I was I was going to meet him, even from a very when I first got started. Uh huh. So it's weird. Um, excuse me. It's weird how you uh, you know you put things into the universe. I don't know. I'm very spiritual like that, but man, I can't tell you. I I can tell you it's worked for me. Well, uh, in one year, I said, you know, I said I want to meet Chip Poos, and I'd like to meet Jay Leno, and and in one year it happened. It's just the same year. I'm yeah. Like, and then I look back and like, wow, I can't believe, you know, it happened really even that easily, to be honest with you. <laughs> but that just goes to show, like, goals, whatever your goals are, uh-huh. if once you see, the most important part of having a goal is knowing what the goal is. And I, I'm a firm believer in five years out, like, long-term goals. Um, you know, if you want to do something, I think somebody said, and I'm not sure where it was, well, who quoted it. I'm going to definitely misquote. I, I don't know who said it, but it said most people underestimate what they can do in five years and they overestimate what they can do in one year. Uh-huh. And that's powerful if you think about it because, you know, if you say, um, you know, you want to do something and you give yourself enough time to take the baby steps, you know, that to me is, is it's like you could do anything, right? You could... You could have a body transformation, you know. It's, it's funny. I have a, a friend of mine, my friend Mike, he's a personal trainer. And um, he takes people 
from being, you know, whether they're overweight or they don't have any muscle, to like these amazing transformations. I don't work out with him because, you know, uh, he, I, I'm trying, I may now start doing it with him. We worked out for years together, but he was like, you know, super strict, great diet. You know, he really knows what he's doing. So I'm not a good example of, of somebody that works out with him, but he has taken people and made them, um, made them look like you can't even recognize them. It's just miraculous. So, uh-huh. you know, that goes back to the point of you make a decision. And that's really the thing with him. Like when it comes to getting get in shape, I'm not as committed as I should be. But mm-hmm. when he gets someone who's committed with him, it's like, I remember one guy came in, we used to bounce together for a little while. And one guy came into the bar heavy, you know, kind of my size. And like six months later, Mike put him on his, Mike's diet, he had a special diet, and he trained with him. And this kid looked so different, I didn't even recognize him. I'm like, who's that? He told me, and I said, there's no way that's the same person. Uh-huh. So, you know, once you once you focus on something and you make it, uh, you know, a goal, you know, it's like you're kind of free to decide whatever that is. Right. You know? Right. And, like, every day you wake up with a choice to chase your dream or let life roll over you. And, right. and, and I mean, I, I guess in a way, um, you know, for me, I've realized one of my strengths have become is when I have a bad day or things don't go my way, I still try to focus on where I want to go and, and the direction of everything. Uh-huh. You know, so. Well, one thing I'll, about, I'll, my, I'll, one thing about but, my website, um, you know, that my website means a lot to me. I've done so much. It's like almost, it's like a part of my life. And mm-hmm. I've gone through hardships. I lost, you know, uh, I had a girlfriend. She lost her job. We lost the house. Her car went to the bank, back to the bank. I mean, I went through all that, and I always had my website, and I just continued doing it since 2001. And here I am still today and still working on my yeah. website. But I've That's always, awesome. You know, I've always worked on it no matter what, down in the, you know, at the bottom of, you know, bottom of the barrel, not living on the street, but, you know, as uh, barely making it and, you know, just kept, kept pushing through. Just kept I've pushing been through. there too. I, I closed, I had a restaurant and a shop. I, I basically closed them both at the same time. I was depressed. I was a mess, uh-huh. but I still pushed forward on my skill and my craft and everything. Right. Right. And, you know, look where you're at. I mean, you're doing amazing things, you know, that's, that's right, just... you know, listen, again, when you say amazing things in my brain, I st- I'm starting to think about what can I do to help people and, and, and do more than just work on cars. Right. And I love doing the car thing, but I'm starting to shift my thought process and what else can I do? So that's where I'm at right now. And that's what I, I do with like my website. I feel like my phone's going to hang up on you, Mike. Okay. I don't want that to be the end of our conversation. <laughs> no problem. Uh, but, yeah, listen, as long as you're cool with it, I'm in whenever you're in, man. And, and as far as doing, you know, the podcast together, like, yeah. I, I, it's an honor to have you in the family. So we'll yeah. just I'll, – I'll come on every week if you want me to. So, yeah. you know, whatever you need me, you, you call me, and I'm definitely down. And the same goes for you. I'd like you to, uh, you know, kind of keep me, you know, maybe through the podcast, like keep me involved with these car shows and what's going on in your neck of the woods. It'll give me yeah. a, a unique perspective. Yeah, we can do that. I want to uh, hook up with Courtney Hansen. Maybe we can both interview her together. I don't, have you met her? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. 100%.
Her show starts the 13th of January, so I want to get her on before that if we can. But we'll have to That'd be cool. I'm with time you. Whatever when it comes to you, whatever you need, it's not even a question of yes or no. You just tell me and I'll be there. Okay. I can do that. All right. Well, yeah, we can cut her off, and uh, we'll definitely hey, we'll, uh, we'll, be back on again. We pick up, yeah, we can pick up where we left off whenever you want, buddy. Okay. Well, you have a Merry Christmas, and uh, everyone, thank you, you for listening to carshownational.com. Let's roll. Thank you. I'll talk to you later, man. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.